Thank you, Father. Thank you. We're going back, and I have to be obedient to the Lord. We're going back to First Samuel chapter number thirty. Now, I, I, I thought I was away from that. I thought it was finished, but I guess I was not finished. <laughs> uh, you know, we, uh, we dealt with that place called Ziklag, and uh, of course, I thought I had finished. And the Lord has said, "No, you're not quite through yet. He's not quite finished with that 30th chapter of First Samuel." Uh, didn't get a topic for the second half, but it's just like a part two. Amen. Amen. A part two. So we just thank and praise God for his word. We thank and praise God to see Sister Martha making it in. Amen. She did not take my advice and stay on home after long hours. That's pressing your way. I just thank and praise the Lord for that. All right, we're going to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 30. Hmm. And this time we're going to begin... Well, we're going to read verse 6, but the, the, the bulk of the message will come from the remainder of the chapter. You remember when, when the Lord talked about uh, that was uh, uh, disappointments in David's life, discouragement, and he went through many, many, many things. And he came to the realization that he could not do anything in his own strength. And that is where verse 6 takes place. After everything he had gone through, he came to the realization that he had to rely on God and God's strength. And verse 6 in 1 Samuel chapter number 30 says, And David was greatly distressed. He was distressed because Ziklag, where, where people were uh, that he was leading, they had, it had been burned, they had been taken. So, it's, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David did what? David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. So, so I asked the Lord, why are we back here again? What, what, what did you say? He said, whenever there is discouragement, he said, tell my people, whenever there is discouragement, whenever there is despair, Whenever there is distress, there are some things that we have to do in order to get to the next place. And the Bible says he encouraged himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, verse number 7 is where we're going to begin tonight on the second half of uh, the place called Ziklag. Verse 7 says, And David said to Abathar. Now, Abathar means the father of abundance, the priest, Amalek's son. I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought hither the ephod to David. So I said, okay, God, what, what is this ephod? And I, what is that to, to, to today? What is that we need to know about the ephod? How does it pertain to us today? Help us to understand what you're trying to say to us in the now. I understand about David then. I understand about the ephod. See, the ephod was this thing like a breastplate that they placed over their robes. And it had two stones on each side on the shoulders. But then there was a square that had 12 stones there. The two stones on each side, they represented uh, God remembering. Of course, we know God does remember. But it had a reason uh, why they did that. Because when the priest went in, that's what they wore. But I said, God, okay, I understand that back then, but what about now? What does that ephod represent to us now? 
And God says, in order to get to the next place from moving from that despair, moving from, from, from distress, moving from discouragement, he says, in today's modern terminology, as far as the ephod, you've got to go into a place of worship. <laughs> I said, what, Lord? He said, you've got to go into a place of worship. He said, in order to get to the next place where he wants to take us, we have to go to worship. And then when we go into worship, he says, things happen when we go into worship. Okay, all right. So, so the Father of abundance, he speaks when we go into worship. Now, verse number 8. Verse 8 says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I do what? Shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, do what? Recover all. Recover all. God says in order for us to receive the, the instructions that we need, he said the only way we can get the instructions that we need to go to the next place is in worship. So, so whenever you're going through, y'all, Hello. Whenever you're going through, whenever you're distressed, he says, go into a place of worship and get your instructions. I say, yes, Lord. Go into a place of worship and get your instructions. Because, see, David, what happened, he had to inquire from the Lord. Once he inquired from the Lord, then at that point, that's when he received the instructions that he needed. He needed to know, God, should I go or should I not go? Should I do or should I not do? And so God says, in order to get your answer, go to a place of worship. In worship is where you receive your instructions. Now, verse number 9 says this. So David went. Remember now, he's got his instructions, okay? He's got his instructions. So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and they came to the brook. Significant. Came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. Hmm. Those that were left behind stayed. Okay, Lord. The word Besor there means cheerfulness. In order for David to do, in order for us to to get to that place where God has called for us to be able to recover everything that the adversary has taken from us, he says, you've got to go by the brook called cheerfulness. <laughs> you've got to go by the brook called cheerfulness. And then I, I want to show you something else, and, and uh, going back to uh, worship as well as about inquiring. Go to Jeremiah chapter number 10, dealing with worship. I, I, I've got to give you... I've got to slow myself down because I'm... Going a little bit faster than what I want to. Jeremiah chapter number 10. Jeremiah chapter number 10. Dealing with, dealing with that worship. Dealing with worship. Jeremiah chapter number 10. And this is the reason why we have to go to that place of worship. This is why. Jeremiah chapter number 10. Are we there? This is why we need to, and I've got to go back to retract because I want to make sure that, that we get what the Lord says. Jeremiah chapter number 10, verse number 23. Are we there? It says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is what? Not in himself. 
It is not in man that walketh to do what? To direct his steps. It's not in man to direct his steps. <laughs> See, it says, oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. So if the way that we need to know to go is not in us. It is not in man that, that walketh to direct his steps. But verse 24 says, Oh Lord, what's that next word? Correct me, watch this, but with judgment, not in thine anger, least thou bring me to nothing. <laughs> so it is, <laughs> it's better for the Lord to, to correct us in judgment and not in his anger, because he, if he corrects us in his anger, I mean, it will reduce us to nothing. <laughs> So, so we've got to make sure that we, we inquire from the Lord, you know, because we don't know how to, to do or uh, which way to go. And then Proverbs uh, uh, 3, and, and you don't have to turn here because it's a very familiar scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, 5 and 6 says, if we acknowledge him, he will direct our path, you know. Uh, and that's something we have to do. Now, also that there's a word that we need to know what the meaning of it is, and that is the word, um, the Amalekite. No, I don't want to go there. That's too soon. That's too soon. Too soon. Now, okay. Verse number nine says, So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him. They came to the brook called Besor. They came to a place of cheerfulness. First place God said you've got to go. When you, after you get your instructions out of worship, he said, I'll lead you by the brook, the spirit of cheerfulness. I will give you the spirit of cheerfulness because where you got to go and what you got to do, you got to be cheerful because that's where your strength is going to come. That's where it's going to come from. You got to go there. So they go down by the brook, and it's where there was those left behind that stayed. You got some that's going to stay behind. Going to have some that will stay behind. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15 and yeah, verse number 13. Because we, you have to go down by the brook huh, uh, of cheerfulness in order to go to the next place in God and do what he has called for us to do. All right. Proverbs chapter number 15, verse number 13. Are we there? Amen. Verse 13 says, A what? A merry heart making a joyful what? countenance. But by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. So in, in, in order for us to, to be cheerful, we need a merry heart. So our heart has got to be right toward God. We, we've got to be excited about God. You know, and to be cheerful. He said a merry heart. We've got to have a merry heart. It makes cheerfulness. So that's very important. So when we go down to that book, that spirit of cheerfulness, then God says that it will give us a merry heart. We've got to have a merry heart to make the next journey to what God is calling for us to go. So, so now David, they, they go to the brook. They go to the brook. Now verse number 10. It says, but David pursued, because remember, he asked the question, should I pursue or should I not? God tells him, through worship, you go. You go and you recover your stuff. Verse 10 says, but David pursued, he and how many men? Well, he started off with 600. Now, y'all remember that now. So some of them got left behind, right? Some of them were too tired to go on. Some of them were too tired. But I'm going to show y'all something, you know, on, later on down here, uh, uh, how God works. God's grace is awesome. God's grace is, is, is awesome. 
So he goes now, he loses 200. They're, even though they're at the brook of cheerfulness, they still don't have the strength to go forward. So 200 of them drop, drops off, okay? 200 of them drops off. All right. Now, this is, but David pursued. He continued. Even though that was a drop off, he still had to go forward. Even though things take place within our lives, we still have to go forward. Amen. Amen. Still got to go forward. But David pursued. His mind was set. He and 400 men, but 200 abode behind, which were so what? They were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besa. Now, I should have told us to just hang over in Proverbs for a little bit. Let's go to Proverbs 24. Let's see what God says about this fainting. Those that stay behind. You know, the fainting. You know how it is sometimes when we just don't want to go, we say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Or I'm kind of tired. That's not for me. And whatever. Whatever reasons that we may give, okay? Amen. Amen. All right. Proverbs chapter number 24. 24. Talking about this fainting. Fainting. Verse number 10. Are we there? Are we there? This is what verse 10 says about this fainting, okay? says, if thou faint in the day of, what's the next word? Adversity. Adversity means when you're going through. Okay? God says, what? Thy strength is small. So, do we want to faint? Because when we faint by the wayside and can't go on, God says that when we faint in the midst of adversity, he says, our strength is small. So, it's not time to be fainting by the wayside. Because it lets us know exactly where we are in God, spiritually. It lets us know where we are in God, spiritually, according to his word. According to his word. Amen. Are we there? Are we, are we getting it? Amen. Now, verse number 11 says this, and watch this. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water. Hmm. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread, nor drunk any water, three days and three nights. Why is this? Verse 13. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? Now he's left in the field. He's out in the world. Hmm. Place of limitation. He says, To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I'm a young man of Egypt, a servant to an Amalekite. And my, what happened? My master left me. Because three days ago, I fell sick. When we can't do nothing else but the devil, and we have no more use for him, he will kick us to the curb. <laughs> we, are, we are of no use to him. Because, I mean, he says the Amalekite, he's my master, my master, you know, I got sick. So he kicked me to the curb. I was no more use to him. And the word there, the word Amalekite there, it means dwellers of the valley. And I said, okay, God, dwellers of the valley, what do you mean? He says, the Amalekites in our life are 
lovers of our nutrients. You see, in the valley is where we have nutrients. You know, on the mountaintop, you know, we all want a mountaintop experience, right? We love to be up on the mountain and have a mountaintop experience. But where you get your nutrients at is in the valley. So the enemy wants to rob us of our nutrients. That's why it says the appetite is left behind. It's the robber of our nutrients. Those things that God has given us to, to survive, to thrive spiritually, that's what the enemy wants. He robs us of our nutrients, anything that will make us grow. He robs us. So he says, you know, the appetite left behind. The robber of nutrients, those things that makes us strong. Amen. So he left him behind. Now verse 14, and they have no more use. Now you understand stuff. When the devil gets through with you, and you can't produce nothing else, he ain't got no more use for you. He don't care about you. Uh-uh. You can't, you can't produce for him anymore. Now verse 14 says this. It says, We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherokee, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. Well, the guy had all the details, so he was a part of the race. And David said unto him, Can thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God, that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. But look at verse number six. Watch what the devil do when he gets through ramshacking our temple and, and taking our nutrients from us. Verse 16 says, And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth. What were they doing? Eating, drinking, dancing, because of all the great spoils that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. In other words, the devil was having a party. He was having a party. I mean, he didn't get that stuff. He had a party. He celebrated. So they, they, they was just spread out, eating, dancing, you know, having a good time, drinking, you know, celebrating because they didn't rob, rob us of our nutrients. You know. and now they said, they got it. They got it. You know, they, they celebrate. You know, so, so then it, 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 it goes on and says, it's taken out of the land, they put that, taken out of the land of Philistines and out of the land of Judah. I, see, he wants to go up the praise. See, Judah means praise. So then he celebrated. He said, well, okay, I done took everything from them. So now they can't praise no more. So I'm involved and they can't praise no more. Well, watch, watch what God did when, when God takes you down by the brook of Besor, by the brook of cheerfulness, you still can praise. Amen. You still can praise. You still can praise. Now, verse 17 says this. It says, and David smote them from the twilight. In other words, he got mad when he stopped. See, when you look at it for what it is, and you get angry at the devil with a righteous indignation, you'll go to war. You'll, you'll go to spirit of warfare. It says, and they smoke them from the twilight even until the evening of the what? The next day. So he didn't get tired of fighting. He, I mean, he, he kept going. It says, and there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men, which rolled upon camels and fled. Now, verse 18 says, And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued this to us. See, once, once we go into battle, and, and, and we get angry at the, at the enemy, and 
God allow us to recover? Because remember, he goes to God and he asks God, should I pursue or should I not? He, he does that in worship. He gets his answer in worship. And God tells him, you pursue and you're going to recover all. So God's word is true. That which he has spoken, that shall come to pass. And so remember now, the Amalekites, hmm, the robbers of our nutrients. And now David has gotten everything back. He said he rescued his two wives. Okay, God. Two wives. Two wives. What are you talking about, God? He represents two wives. Okay. David had two wives. We have, in our inner reality of our soul, we talked about the woman, the inner reality of our soul. Tell you something about these names. That's why it's so important to study and see what these words mean. Now, his two wives, one was named, and if we look in verse number 5, in First Samuel chapter 30, look in verse number 5, it says his two wives, all right, they were taken captive. The first one was named... Ahinam. Her name means pleasantness. Hmm. Pleasantness. The other one is named Abigail. Abigail means source of joy. So the enemy took the pleasantness and he was after the source of joy. Now, let's go to Psalms 133 to see why he wanted the pleasant, why he wants our pleasant spirit. Psalms 133. Let's see why he's after our pleasant spirit. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Are we there? Psalms 133. Okay. Verse 1. It says, Behold, how good and how what? Pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? In unity. So if if he can take our pleasantness, that means he's after the unity. Because see, it's one thing when when you come together and and we, we enjoy being with one another. Because the word of God says how pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell in unity. So when, when, when that spirit of pleasantness is removed, then we cannot dwell in unity. Y'all get that? When that spirit of pleasantness is removed, we cannot dwell in unity. Because that means I'm glad to see you. <laughs> I'm happy to see you. That's what that means. So if he can remove that, that means, hey, I, I, I don't care if I should see you or not. You know, so there's no excitement about coming together. So he wants to take that pleasantness to, to remove that spirit of unity. So, so he's after the pleasantness, the spirit of pleasantness within us, and he also is after the source of our joy. Abigail means source of joy. Now, Nehemiah chapter number 8. I'll just tell you what the latter part means. Nehemiah, you can write this down. Nehemiah chapter 8, I think it's verse number 10. The latter part of it, it says, The joy of the Lord is, I'm sure you remember this. The joy of the Lord is our what? It's strength. It's our strength. The joy of the Lord is thy strength. 
So Abigail, meaning the source of joy, if he can take our joy, that means he has taken our strength. So he's after that spirit of pleasantness so we cannot dwell in unity as well as taking the source of our joy. And the source of our joy is the Lord. And since the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, we're not excited about God anymore. We lose the strength. So that's what he was after. But praise God, it was recovered. Praise God, it, 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 it was recovered. I, I thank you for the last. Praise God, it was recovered. And verse 19 says, And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither son nor daughter, neither spoil, or anything that they had taken to them, David recovered all. In other words, everything that the enemy took, he got back. Everything that he took, he got back. Anything that the enemy takes from us, whatever, whatever spiritual spirit that we have, that spirit of pleasantness, that spirit of joy, you know, the kindness, forgiveness, if, if he took anything from us, God says, you're going to recover everything. Because I want to look at spiritual, not so much of those things in the physical, but the things that's in the spiritual, those things are going to count. Now, watch something else. Remember them 200 that left and stayed behind? Remember them 400 that went? And you have to be careful who you take with you on your journey. Be careful who you take with you on your journey. You have to be careful. Hmm. Now, remember that he's, he's recovered all, right? Verse 20 says, And David took all the flocks and the herds, which they drove before those other cattle, and said, this is David's spoil. Sound like the spirit of pride right there for a minute. Hmm. This is David's. Now remember now, the latter part of six, now they're ready to stone David, right? They're ready to kill him. <laughs> they're lost. <laughs> Going through, lost the family, lost everything. They're ready to kill him. Now, they in a sense celebrate him because God has allowed him to, to re regroup, get his strength back. And then at that point, he's able to recover all according to God's word, only after he goes into a place of worship and get his instructions. Now, verse 21 says this, And David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide in the brook Besor in cheerfulness. And they went forth to meet David. Remember that? They were faint, right? They were hanging out at the brook. But they see the goods coming back. <laughs> so now they got some strength now. They got some, they got some strength now. They couldn't, they couldn't cross over before. And they were to stay behind. But when they see them goods coming, now all of a sudden they got some strength. <laughs> and David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that was with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. He greeted them. It didn't bother him that they stayed behind. It didn't bother him. He saluted them. He, he was in a sense of, 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 of encouraging them and being thankful that he was able to recover through the help of the Lord, to recover the things that was lost. But watch these other folks. Watch this. Watch, 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 
Watch this. Now, David's at a place of salutation. Verse 22 says, Then answered all the what? Wicked men and men of, of Beulah, Belial, of those that went with David, and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them all of the spoil that we have recovered. Sounds like some selfishness. Save to every man his wife and his children, but they may lead them away and depart. In other words, these wicked men, they, see, that's why you got to be careful who, who you connect with. Because, see, these same people right here was the one that had defected from Saul's camp. See, they was with the enemy. And when things got hot, they defected, they left that, that truth, and they went running on the other side. You know how it is sometimes, you know, when it looks, grass looks green on the other side. <laughs> and then when, when it don't look like it, all the little, and it's really on a, what the kind of cesspool they talk about? Y'all know what that, that word is, you know, it, it, that makes the grass grow green, you know, you know real rich. <laughs> if it's over the separate tank, you know, you understand that. Yeah, cesspool, y'all understand that. Now, 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 they had defected. They had left that, so now here they are. They were David. Now, yeah. But they're wicked. So what is he doing with some wicked folk in his army? Those folk had defected. They had left and, went, and came from one place and went to another. And they did not want to share. See, when David was ready to share, they said, oh no, you didn't go. You don't get none of these spoils. All you gonna get is your family, and that's it. And you get out. Just your family, and that's it. You don't get none of these goods. You just get your family, and that's it. That's all you gonna get. That's all. Now, they're wicked. God called them in His Word. He said they were wicked men. And 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 the word uh, uh, Belial means uh, 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 without profit. They were worthless. They were worthless. Hmm. Be careful, you know. I mean, okay, which one is there now? Then the Bible says in verse number 23, and when we're about done, 23 says, Then said David, Ye shall not do so, my brother. Now, look at how he's, he's orchestrating this. Then said David, Ye shall not do so, my brother. He's speaking to us wickedly. With that which the, who had given? The Lord, the Lord had given. See, see, see. When, when David inquired through worship and God told him to go ahead and pursue, God told him he's going to recover it all. So, see, this is one time he didn't operate in his own strength. He acknowledged that it was God that allowed him to recover it. And see, that's the danger when we do things in our own strength. We begin to think, especially when we give to our abilities or whatever, you know, we begin to think, oh, it's us. No, no, no. It is the Lord. David recognized, he recognized the fact that the Lord had given them the score. Now he knows that he had messed up. David had messed up. He had joined the wrong, wrong army. <laughs> he had joined in the enemy's camp. He had grew up in the enemy's camp. Then he turned right around and the enemy didn't want him, no part of it. No, if you didn't defect for one place, <laughs> you can't hang out with me. In other words, the world says, listen, you look like a Christian, you smell like a Christian, Got no business being up in here because it smells like Jesus all over you. You got to go. That, that, that's how the world looks when you're, when you're in the wrong place. Amen. I mean, you didn't smell like Jesus. 
，走一遍，奶奶跑了，跑了，我，我念 look， and David acknowledges that this point is he says it is the Lord that has given us this. So everything that we have, we possess, everything God has, that we've received in the, in this world, and, and in the next world to come, it's because the hand of God has given. He began to recognize that. He humbled himself, and he recognized it was God that had given. And you're strange to me now. You know that he recognized, and them, them other four hundred that went with him didn't. The mother four hundred said, "Now y'all ain't getting no stuff." So they felt like it was by value. See, it's almost like the role had switched. Like the role had switched. Like David had come to his senses, but his followers, now they were on the wrong path. And he said, no, 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 no. The Lord has given us this. And he says, who has, not only had he given them the spoils back, but God had also preserved us and delivered the company that came up against us into our hands. Remember now, they were spread all out on the earth, is what the Bible says. They, they were, they were, he only had 400 men when he went to battle. But when you look at verse 16, it says, Behold, they were spread abroad, abroad upon all the earth. That means there was a, a, a major army there. I mean, can you imagine 400 people going up, uh, going up against a million folk? And, and he said, listen, this God, he preserved us. He took care of us from this company. That means there was a whole lot of folk. But you know, how many know God's power? I mean, it only takes God and a little, and some faith. That's all it takes. You can, the, the scriptures say, you can, you can leap over walls and, and run through truth is what the words of God say. You know, when, when you do it in God's strength. Because see, David didn't recognize that he had to do what he had to do in God's strength. Couldn't do it in his own anymore. Couldn't do it in his own. So he begins to let them know, hey, no, 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 don't, don't be like this. No, hey, uh, it says uh, it was God that had delivered them from that company that caused, that came up against them. And then in verse 24 says, for who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarries by the stuff. They shall part alike. In other words, as God, what are you saying? He says, that word besaw not only means a spirit of cheerfulness down by the brook, but it also means good news. It has a dual meaning. It means good news. And that's God, what are you saying? He says, when he acknowledged that they all could have the same thing, all of them had the same part in the spoils, he says, what they all received was that, what we call undeserved grace. Undeserved grace. Even though they stayed behind, they still got, they still got blessed. Even though you were, it showed that your strength was small because it says in the day of adversity, your strength is small if you're failing, then that, that, that came that spirit of grace that only God can give. So everybody got blessed. Even though everybody didn't go to battle, you know how it is. You know, when, when, when everybody may not do, but everybody get blessed. You know how it is. Everybody don't work hard on a job, but at the end of the week, everybody get a paycheck, right? To make a break it on down. So, so, but that's like God said, that's that undeserved grace. Undeserved grace. That's the good news there. And so he let them know, he said, listen, we all going to get a part of this. Those that stay behind, 
and those that went to battle. He said, we all will have a stake in this. And verse 25 says, and it was so from that day forward that he made it a statue and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. And when, uh, and, and when David came to Ziklag, he sent other spoil unto the elders of Judah, even to the spring. He wasn't selfish. When he came back, he began to bless everybody. He began to, and God said, that's what we have to be. He says, what happened is, is the, the, the second part of the, 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 the series about the Ziklag, you know, part two of Ziklag is that when we go into that place of worship, get our instructions, stop by the brook of cheerfulness, thank you, Holy Ghost, stop by the brook of cheerfulness, God says, then I'm going to let you recover because you're going to get some new strength. But when you, when you recover now, when you recover, because we've all lost something, when you recover, don't forget your brother and your sister. And remember what the devil is after. Pleasantness. Because he says how, how, how good it is for, for brethren to dwell. How pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. He's after the pleasantness and he's after our joy. And if he can get our joy, then he's got our strength. So, so remember now, that was a promise. That was a promise. He promised David he would be king. He went through much, but when you read chapter number 31, the enemy is killed. Saul, the one that's been chasing him, is dead. And it ends up, then David is able to take on his kingship. Remember, whatever you go through, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, whatever God promised you, in your time of despair, disillusion, discouragement, if you can hold on to the promise, you will reap if you don't faint. God bless and God give God a hand type of praise.